0: is that people are like, uh, you know, the game Jenga with the the blocks that stack. You know, people are born with this beautiful body that stacks beautifully. And then over time, you know, one piece gets a little bit out of whack and it sends the other piece out of whack and, and so on and so forth. And you know that point that the tower is just about to fall.
1: This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Episode 114, Christine Neff, Fitness Expert for Adventure Sports. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast podcast. Travis is on the line today we wanted to visit a little bit about what's been going on with the adventure sports podcast before we dive into our main show so hey Travis how's it going
2: pretty good Kurt how are you doing
1: I'm doing good man I've been having a lot of fun with the show what about you
2: oh, I'm having a blast with it we're up over well over 100 episodes now and uh, we're just cruising right along.
1: You know, we did some recaps in episode 100 where people could hear little sound bites from previous episodes. But we've done some really cool shows since then. I wanted to mention a couple. Brittany and Frank Consella skiing all the Colorado 14ers. It actually ended up being two shows because there was so much great information there. But, it's hey, it's timely. The snow has hit the Rockies. And, man, what a cool show.
2: Yeah, actually one of my, uh, recent favorites is, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two because I can't decide between the two of them, but we had, uh, snow kiting with Eric Bader. I mean, he, that guy, every time he's on, he just makes me want to go out and, uh, and try those particular sports. So one of these days I'm gonna get up there with Eric and, uh, try snow kiting, hopefully this winter. But I also had uh, Glenn Hegstead on. If you guys didn't uh, catch that episode, go back and listen to it. Episode 109, Glenn did an awesome job telling us all about his trip down through uh, Central America. And uh, while he was going through Colombia, he got kidnapped by some guerrilla rebels. And it uh, it was not an ordinary motorcycle venture, that's for sure. Uh, you know what I loved about that one, Travis, was he he
1: learned so much from the experience and he... He used that experience to launch him into an even more positive experience. So he didn't let it beat him down, even though he went through some pretty hard times. But his, his example that he set there about how to handle the rough times and how to use those to make good come out of the bad. That, that was really cool.
2: Oh yeah. And he flat out thanked, you know, the, the guerrilla rebels that had captured him for changing his life. You know, it was a miserable five weeks for him, but he's uh, turned that around in a positive way to, to live life to the fullest.
1: I had Anna McNuff on as well, talking about how she bicycled through all 50 U.S. states and also how she ran the length of New Zealand, both the South and North Islands. And she's a a wonderful motivational speaker and just very inspirational. I really enjoyed that show.
2: Yeah, she was. uh, I personally wrote her after your interview with her and thanked her for doing the show. Anna was exactly the type of interview that we're looking for on this podcast. I mean, it's all about these uh, adventurous and inspiring stories for our listeners, and she hit the nail on the head on that episode. You guys did a great job.
1: Well, so those are just a handful. Of course, we've done more than that, and we don't want to leave anybody out, but we can't talk about them all right now anyway, so... Wanted to just throw those out there. So those are some recent shows that people might want to go back and listen to. Pretty cool.
2: Yeah, so let's uh, go into a little bit of why we're doing this This intro to today's episode. And it has nothing to do with the episode other than uh, it happens to be airing on Monday. And what's that mean for us, Curtis?
1: Well, we have put our heads together and decided to try an angle that we think might be really successful for the show. And that involves reducing the show from Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows to actually Monday, Thursday
2: shows. So... So what that means is this is Monday and instead of getting a, an episode on Wednesday and Friday, the next episode after today is going to be uh, Thursday. But the whole idea is we, we're we having a ton of fun doing this show and the show is going really well. We're getting great downloads and it's growing. But one of the things we want to make sure that we absolutely give attention to is promoting the show. So we're going to use some of the time that that Kurt and I have that we would normally be interviewing on that third episode e- each week. We're use some of that time to promote the show and make sure that we're getting the word out to as many people as we can and trying to get people to to share it and do some advertising and everything to make sure that this is all worth it in the end. So we want you guys to step in and help us spread the word as well and share it with as many people as you think uh, would be interested in having adventure in their ears. And
1: we have a theory, of course, that there are many more listeners than there are downloads because not everyone has time to hear every show. So now maybe you can hear every show. And we want to make sure that you're getting all the content that you want.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we think, you know, there there are people that have limited time. Not everybody can hear all three episodes every week. Many of you are probably just picking and choosing one or two episodes out of the week and listening to it. Those of you who are listening to all three episodes, uh, absolutely thank you. you. You know, you're the best. Um, but at the same time, we need to use some of this time to make sure that we're getting the word out as well.
1: So we're going to be pushing, getting the word out about the Adventure Sports Podcast even more than we have been and really looking forward to seeing more growth in our listening audience and building the Adventure Sports Podcast community, which I think is going to be awesome. We have a lot of really cool plans for the Adventure Sports Podcast community, and I'm not going to spill the beans on all those right now, but um, we have some great things that we're planning for the near future, in the next few months. And I'm looking forward to uh, sharing more about that. But there's just a little tickler.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Once we get some of those things off the ground, we'll be back uh, with you talking about that as well. So, of course, stay tuned, listen in, and hopefully you guys can get those two episodes per week downloaded and listening to because uh, all we want to do is bring you awesome stories from great adventurers.
1: And as always, go to the and And you can click on the Contact Us button and let us know how things are going.
2: Yep, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and send us emails. Let us know what you think.
1: Travis, thanks for coming on to visit with me. And now on with the regular podcast. Today, we're going to take a little... Detour from our standard show. Instead of interviewing someone about a particular adventure sport, I have asked fitness expert Christine Neff to come onto the show because she is just so well qualified and well experienced and talented on helping people to get into shape so that they can do the adventure sports that they love. Christine Neff has been a fitness expert doing uh, fitness coaching now for over 22 years, she has enjoyed trail running, mountain biking, triathloning. She skis and snowboards, and uh, has been involved in a lot of those really active sports. But her real passion and love is for teaching overall fitness, and she has an approach to it that's a little bit unique, a little different than you know just going to the gym and working out. So, Christine owns Elevate Conditioning; that is that's her right. company through which she does all of this training. And Christine, we are glad to have you on the show.
0: Glad to be here, Curtis. Thank you.
1: Oh, you bet. Christine, I wanted you on because I know that there are people out there like me who say, man, I would really love to do this, that, or the other I hear about on the Adventure Sports Podcast, but I'm just not sure if I'm in good enough shape. Um, some of the things that that we hear about on the show are so appealing, but it's hard to imagine being, uh, I guess, fit enough to pull off some mm-hmm. of our dreams. And so I thought, man, if I could have Christine on here to help bridge that gap for us, give people hope and a direction so that they they can actually get into the shape that they want to be in to do these things. I just think it'd be a real gift for our listeners.
0: Well, thank you for having me.
1: You bet. So Christine, take a few minutes to tell our listeners about yourself and about your business as a fitness coach and uh, fill in the all the the details that I left out.
0: Okay. Um, I meet clients individually and in small groups, and I go through a process where we, um, we look at movement patterns, how they're moving, uh, how they're squatting, pushing, pulling, how they're carrying their shoulders, if they're, if they're able to brace their spine, if their head is in a good position, because over time, what I find is that people are like, uh, you know, the game Jenga, with the the blocks that stack. You know, people are born with this beautiful body that stacks beautifully. And then over time, you know, one piece gets a little bit out of whack and it sends the other piece out of whack and, and so on and so forth. And you know that point that the tower is just about to fall. Well, hopefully people see me before that point, but it's about getting everything in line and working together and unwinding those uh, faulty movement patterns and getting everything firing correctly so that you can endure whatever it is that you really, really want to do outside.
1: Well, that's that's fantastic. I want to share, Christine, just a real brief story about what you did for me um, a few years back, I ruptured a disc in my spine, and the contents of that disc traveled down my spine and lodged against um, a nerve, and I went partially paralyzed and lost about 80% of my, my function in one leg. I don't want to go on about that. It's just what happens sometimes, but I opted not to have surgery, and instead, I tried a natural approach to healing, and Christine was a big part of that. I got well enough that I could do some exercises and Christine started uh, working with me and teaching me exercises and watching me carefully to make sure I was doing everything correctly. And I was amazed because with all the pain that I was in, when I had a workout with Christine, then I would be pain-free for two or three days after that. And then the pain would come back and I would go back to Christine again and the workouts were healing my back. It was just amazing
0: right you strengthen the right things and get everything tensioned correctly and then you don't have this um you know pulling on your spine one way or another or you know whatever joint it may be
1: Well I appreciate what you did for me and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure I got you on the show because what you have the potential to do for our listeners who are out there is uh, is just amazing I I've not worked with a lot of fitness coaches but I will say that your approach is unique and Very effective. Well, thank you. Well, why would you encourage people to actually give some serious consideration to fitness and staying in shape?
0: Well, you just cannot see the world, especially on foot or on a bicycle, if you're not in shape. (laughs) Um, And I think that's, you know, part of why what I get out of being fit is I can get to places that you just can't get to in any other way and the beauty that is out there you know i've heard this on several of your podcasts you know everybody just describes the immense beauty that's out there to be had and the connection with the universe and with nature and how amazing that feels and you just can't get there if you're broken
1: yeah yeah well said well do you have a story for us about what hooked you on this lifetime of of fitness pursuits
0: Sure. So I was a high school kid, I was probably 14 years old, sitting on the couch, flipping channels, and I came across a broadcast of one of the very first Ironman triathlons. And I was just amazed, mesmerized by these people coming through the finish. You know, some of them were, you know, coming through, arms up, champion position, and some were crawling on hands and knees. And I thought, oh, my gosh, these people are warriors. Look at these women. I want to do that. And so, you know, as a 14-year-old, I had to get a job and earn money to buy a bicycle. And I was already competitively swimming, so that that was fine. Um, and then I had to learn how to run. <laughs> and the funny thing is, Swimmers are in fantastic shape for swimming, but they say lungs of iron, legs of glass. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I learned how to run, and uh, I was so excited to do my first triathlon. And back then, before the days of signing up online, and you know, you had this paper application that my buddy got for me, and I, I'm starting to fill it out, and it says, You must be 15 to race in the 15 to 18 age group. Oh no. (laughs) Oh. So my birthday was in August. So I had to let the whole, you know, most of the season go by before I could qualify to do my first one. And then uh, I sprained my ankle severely about a week before, but I was so determined that um, I wasn't going to let that stand in my way. And, you know, and now, Instead of rest, ice, compression, and elevation, they say meet, you know, movement, exercise, get on that ankle. So that's actually what I was doing. Um, So I was able to complete my first one. And then, you know, the bug bites you and, and so on and so forth, which began a career in endurance events.
1: You were also a pacer for the Hard Rock 100, and we recently did a show about the Hard Rock 100, which the listeners may want to go back and listen to. But what does a pacer do, and what is this race?
0: Okay, so the Hard Rock 100, it's a it's a tribute to the miners of the Silverton-Durango area. Um, it's a race that's 100 miles long. It goes from Silverton to Lake City, through Uray, Telluride, and back to Silverton. And it has a total elevation change of 67,000, so almost 68,000 feet of elevation change. And the average uh, altitude is about 11,000. So (laughs) these these people, yes, so these people who are racing it, they're allowed to have a pacer after mile 50 to basically remind them to eat, um, make sure they're going the right way, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure they're not hallucinating, or you know, all kinds of interesting things can happen at that point. So, uh, so I join my buddy and uh, tell your ride, and we're doing about a 20 mile uh, distance before I pass him off to the next pacer. And I have to be honest, that's about as long as I've ever run on foot especially at that altitude.
1: Oh, and in those conditions, I mean, the elevation change you described, that's like climbing Everest twice.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a real, it, it's, it's wild and tough. That's what it is. So, uh, you know, about a, a mile or two out of Telluride, my friend says, oh, dang, I forgot my raincoat. And, you know, if I don't have it, it's going to rain. <laughs> oh, no. would you go back and grab that? <laughs> oh sure. <laughs> so I don't think you're really supposed to do that, but um, I did that. So okay, I've got a, another couple of miles under my belt. So and then then the course is rerouted because someone had bought some some property along the course. So we had to went up Bridal Veil Falls, which is an incredible you know day hike on its own. Uh, and it was just the most incredible day. You know the the views. He's saying you see that tiny little gap over there across the, you know, you can see miles and miles in every direction. He's like, yeah, that's the aid station. That's where we're headed next. <laughs> okay. So we're, you know, the the most amazing, you can go on Google Images and Google Grant Swamp Pass. It's this uh, climb, you're climbing up out of a basin, and you're just, you're kind of in this bowl, You know, you've got that cobalt blue sky, and I'm so excited because I always get the rainy leg of the afternoon, and it's just blue sky, and we're climbing, and this is a 12,900-foot pass. Wow. And we're about, you know, we're in the scree. We're hands and feet, you know, climbing. And you can't see this, but so a storm had been blowing in, but we just couldn't see it because there's mountains on all sides. So here comes the lightning storm. And you're just in the worst possible place on the planet to to have lightning. <laughs> so he says, just run like hell. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it starts to hail. And it's not just little piddly hail. It is just that kind that stings. It's the, you know... It's the worst, and we're just going as fast as we possibly can. So that was like the wheels coming off. Like I'm thinking, my, you know, I'm 40 years old, my mom will be so mad if she knows I'm up here in a lightning storm.
1: Oh, that's fun.
0: So it was fun, and I made my friend's dream come true. So over the past, we had a probably five miles left to go, and his ultimate dream was to be able to someday drop a pacer I thought you know, no matter how tired I am and how far I've gone, he's gone fifty miles more than I have, so you know, no complaining, you're not tired. Keep going, and he was able he just kept after that storm, just kept up the pace and just kept going faster and faster, so finally he did. He dropped his pacer. <laughs> I was so happy to to make that happen.
1: Oh well, that's fun, Christine.. For 20 years, Bent Gate Mountaineering has been outfitting climbers, skiers, backpackers, and outdoor enthusiasts with the gear they need. Whether climbing an 8,000-meter peak or buying your first backcountry ski setup, Bent Gate is here to help. Bentgate is continuing to offer free BC 101 sessions this winter, teaching backcountry ski boot and binding setup, avi safety and beacon practice, clothing systems, and tips and tricks to make your days more enjoyable. If you don't own the gear, Bentgate offers a full range of rental and demo equipment. Bentgate also has free demo ski days at local resorts to give you a chance for hands-on experience. Be sure to check bentgate.com for our full product selection as well as updates on all these events. I think it's so neat to hear everyone's stories about just getting out in nature and experiencing something like this. I mean, obviously we don't want to be in a, in a rainstorm <laughs> up above tree line and, and have lightning striking all around us and that kind of thing. Right. But you relate that story and I, I can feel that rain. I can feel that hail and I, I can hear the thunder booming and, and that little extra bit of adrenaline rush when you're trying to get yeah. down off of something like that. And what an experience.
0: It was. It was the wettest year, the muddiest year. There was just so much snow. It was, uh, you know, it was really beautiful and it was tough. And, you know, when you have experiences like that, you know, no one can ever take those from you. It's just um, you did something really hard. And so it might not have been fun at the time, but it was fun afterwards because you were able to persevere and do it.
1: I think in a, in a lot of ways, those are the moments that they're like the the accents of life. You know, if you listen to a symphony, then there are certain parts of the symphony where the, the music crescendos in it and it marks it somehow and makes it different from the rest. And when you look back at the symphony, those are the moments you remember. I think that life is like that. I don't like people to get out and risk injury and, and danger, but I think that when we have those experiences, then – they add those accents to to our memories of life.
0: Yes, well put.
1: That's fun. So was that your story about a time that things didn't go right, or do you have another <laughs> one for us?
0: Oh, um, there's lots of those. But, um, you know, no, not in that, that race with that particular friend. Um, You know, I've been to the point where you really have to practice, you know, how fast you're going to go out and do something or, Um, you know, if I push it just a little faster, am I going to do better or are the wheels going to come off? You know, am I fueling right? Am I eating the right thing? And it's really, everyone's a science experiment uh, of one and you have to figure out what's right for your particular body, your chemistry.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about Elevate Conditioning specifically and about what you do to help people with their fitness.
0: I kind of, you know, it's different for everyone because I see where the gaps are. One woman I work with, I was actually training her daughter, and she was bent over. She could not stand upright for nine months. She was having such a tragic back pain. So she's gotten through, through that, not through surgery, but with a physical therapist. And then beyond therapy, I sort of come in and take over and I'm actually working a little bit with the therapist um, and she's keeping a swimming journal she wasn't swimming for several months but um, she's showing me that what we're doing in in terms of strengthening the muscles that support her back um, doing the mobilizations that release unnecessary tension that she's had from you know walking stooped over for several months um, with all the combination of mobilization strength training, um, it shows in her swim workouts. She was showing me something from just before her back injury where she was doing sets of, uh, you know, four laps a 100 meters, and she had about two or three seconds each time to rest before she was expected to go again. And now she's resting 18 to 24 seconds on that series of 100s before she has to go again. So she's becoming much faster with her increased strength and stability and the mobilizations that she's able to do on a regular basis.
1: Oh, I get it. So she was on a timer, and when she would complete a lap, she had a certain amount of time to do that. And prior, she'd only have a couple of seconds left. Now she has like 18 seconds left
0: exactly
1: wow so she's had a vast improvement in her swimming time
0: it yeah and it's you know it's not subjective it's right there on paper it's with a timer it's you know it's showing up as this incredible improvement well and that's not everyone's story you know i have um a guy he's gonna be 70 this year he hikes all over the world taking the most amazing photographs and i just love Older people, because they're so compliant, they do their homework <laughs> um, because they know if they don't, they're going to feel terrible. With him, I'm mostly doing strength training so that he has the, the mitochondria, the powerhouse of the muscle cell, if you remember from you know 10th grade biology. So he has those in his favor when he's going out doing his long treks.
1: Oh, that's fun. And I know you also work with children.
0: I do. When it comes to kids and training any kind of movement patterns or, you know, taking some of those um, faults and teaching good movement, um, it's always the most important thing to put it either in a game format or some sort of fun because as opposed to adults, you know, we know to get from here to there The easiest thing is do A, B, and C, and we can do it because we've got that self-discipline to do it at least some of the time. (laughs) So with kids, they haven't developed that urgency, and so if it's not fun, why bother? So you've got to put some sort of fun element to it um, to make them comply and to, you know, to make it um, repeatable over and over.
1: What kind of fun elements do you use with your kids?
0: Um, We actually, well, it's different with first through fourth graders than it is through, like, fifth and up. So with the middle schoolers, I always integrate a super fit dodgeball game. So we teach what we need to teach. We we show that we know how to do it. And then, you know, just an old-fashioned dodgeball game with um, using those elements so they can get back in the game if they get out by doing, you know, a certain number of squats or, or bodyweight rows or, you know, whatever it is, the theme of the day.
1: Ah, very cool. I always hated it when I got knocked out, especially <laughs> at the beginning of the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, right, then it's over. But you got a chance to redeem yourself and get back in the game with Superfit Dodgeball. So, you know, I, I would love to see that crop up in playgrounds across the land. That would be so awesome.
1: That's a great idea. So what about the younger kids?
0: With the younger kids... I format our entire lesson on a story. So whether it's, you know, uh knights um or, you know, ogres or you know whatever the story is, we learn coordination drills um as, you know, horses galloping through the woods or um Star Wars theme, you know, jumping up over these things or circus theme with a uh, eye uh, hand coordination with balls. So it's, um, so it's, they don't realize that they're actually learning physical skills. They just think they're playing.
1: Right. For them, it's, it's pretend. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome.
0: You know, that Jenga tower that I referred to, it's wonderful to go find children who, you know, their Jenga tower is not off kilter yet. And to, say, to teach them, here's really how you squat. You know, a toddler, if you watch, they have a perfect deep squat. They can sit all the way on their heels and not fall over backwards. Now, if you and I do that, we might fall backwards because our heel cords, our Achilles tendon gets tight. It's hard to get down in that deep squat because we sit in chairs instead of sitting on the ground. You know, we don't have these... Um, third-world culture positions anymore because we're such a rich society and sitting and sitting and sitting some more. <laughs> but getting down into a deep squat um, is easy for young bodies. So to be able to teach, here's how you do that and here's how you keep it.
1: So you can teach the kids how to stay on top of that so they never lose it. Yes, that's awesome,
0: although earlier and earlier you know I don't know if you've looked at tennis shoes lately, but they have, they have higher and higher heels, so some are coming back like the converse, which has a, a very flat shoe, but over time, if you're wearing sort of a, I call them high heel sneakers, if you're wearing these high heeled tennis shoes, that encourages the shortening of the achilles tendon, and if you're wearing them. 10 hours a day or that, you know, all of your waking hours, your, ne- your heel is never really meeting the floor. It's, it can be as high as two centimeters off the floor all the time. Mm. So, you know, we're kind of creating some of the p- problems. Getting kids to, you know, take off their shoes, run on some turf, you know, get their heel in touch with the ground. You know, all of that contributes to how we're supposed to move, and it contributes to our wellness over time.
1: You know, one thing that we learned over the years, which is fascinating, but um, when the Achilles tendon gets short, it can actually interfere with linguistic skills in reading.
0: I did not know that. <laughs>
1: yep. For kids huh. that you know, are having challenges with that, one of the things that helps them to read better and to speak better is to actually lengthen the Achilles tendon. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Our bodies mm-hmm. are all connected, and that's one that's of the therapies right. that they do for, for kids.
0: Speaking of uh, everything is connected, we have this layer of fascia throughout our body. You can think of that as a, you know, a giant spider web made of rubber bands. And so another good part of what I do, I mentioned mobilizations earlier, is finding out where people are tight and twisted, or you know, if you have a right hand, like a racket sport, or um, a snowboarding sport where you have a staggered stance for a long time, Um, or if you're a one-single-side paddler in a kayak or on a boat. Um, All those things contribute to being sort of lopsided, you know, twisting that fascia. And so you can have simple hacks like a tennis ball in your car and work on hamstrings or just kind of loosening up with self-massage, loosening up that fascia,
1: you taught me a lot of different stretches and exercises that I have used for years now to make sure that I keep my back in shape and it, like you're talking about you find those tight spots and you, you mm-hmm. find ways to keep them loosened up and balanced and what have you but I have to say it's been a, it's been a lifesaver for me I know there are people out there who are hearing us who have back challenges and uh, I feel your pain but the beauty is that you can heal and when you get the proper care and physical support, from someone like Christine, who knows what she's doing and can watch what you're doing to make sure you're not making mistakes and doing things correctly, then you can be strong again and get back into that active lifestyle that you know we all love. So, Christine, you're giving gifts to people. Um, you're you're giving life back, and I think that's a beautiful thing.
0: Well, I hope there's someone out there who thinks, "Oh, maybe I'm not as broken as I think I am. Maybe I can do something about this." And and it's true, your body is a it's made to self-heal and with the right you know with the right tools you really can your body wants nothing more than to continue to serve you
1: well hey i know that in the past you've held fitness weekend special events especially for ladies um where people go out and spend a weekend retreat just working on this kind of stuff describe that for us what's that all about
0: Okay, so that's my women's wild adventure. In wild is short for wilderness. So we go out, uh, I usually rent a yurt or, uh, you know, take a camper out and have a yurt and a camper or something, you know, I do all the cooking. So we're pretty much, um, mostly a vegetable based diet with some meat and some healthy fats. And we go out and, um, Golden Gate Canyon State Park is close to where we are. So it's not too far from the Denver or Boulder uh, Golden Area. And we go out and we set up our adventure. So the you can hike or run or, you know, do pretty much whichever physical activity you choose to do in the length and duration that you're able to do it. And so we've got, you know, supervised um, uh, adventure. And then we come together and eat we have yoga. We have some mobilization. We have sometimes a talent show. <laughs> just getting back to the, you know, slumber parties of days of yore, where we're just, <laughs> you know, braiding each other's hair and having fun. Um, and then a delicious breakfast, either another hike or a strength training workout, and then head home.
1: That's fun. So it's kind of a weekend intensive where you can focus on proper diet and exercise and and community.
0: Exactly. And so um, mostly it's about mom getting her turn to be served breakfast, lunch and dinner, having her quiet time to, you know, retreat into nature or just get together with friends and laugh or, you know, and all of that. It's very—it's a good way to recharge uh, and to go back to your family and give everything that you have and not, you know, come back as a depleted individual <laughs> like a trip to Las Vegas might feel. You know, you're refilled, your cup is refilled, and you're ready to, you know, come back at
1: 100%. That's fine. You know, I have to tell the story, Christine. You may not know this, but I'm going to tell it now you will. Okay. My wife originally went to one of your fitness classes
0: yes i and, recall
1: and she came back to me and says oh it's amazing you've got to go it's like it's not like anything i've ever done before and i'm thinking to myself i'm not going to an aerobics class <laughs> <laughs> you know? and then she went to another one of your classes and she came back and oh you really ought to come and i'm thinking what it, it, you guys are like dancing to music or something what is this you know I, i'm just i'm totally negative about the whole thing and i don't know how long she went before she finally dragged me to one of your classes and you kicked my butt i could not believe it and it is not an aerobics class it is something completely different and so healthy i was blown away so i i have to to share that with you that um i was pretty skeptical at first
0: well i could see why if if mostly you know if women are going and and they're the primary participants sometimes well, there's a couple of things happening there. Either the guys think, well, this is all dancey or you know, music and ah, I'm not into that. I'm, I want to go outside and be in nature. Uh, but getting, getting a minimum effective dose of strength training is, takes you so far into the next phase of your perform- performance than doing nothing or just going outside For a, you know, a stiff hike or a a cardiovascular workout, getting that minimum effective dose of strength is going to take you beyond what your normal capacity is.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't doubt that for a second. Outdoor Pursuits is the adventure hub of Fort Lewis College. This comprehensive collegiate outdoor program not only offers an extensive outdoor equipment co-op that provides everything from tents to kayaks and ski gear to mountain bikes, but also offers a varied trip calendar that includes both instructional and recreational outings from climbing some of the world's highest peaks to enjoying Durango's amazing hiking and mountain biking trails. Our experienced and friendly staff are always up for an adventure, and are a great resource for those planning their own outings. Visit the Fort Lewis College website for more information on what outdoor pursuits is all about. And remember, adventure is not in the guidebook, and beauty is not on the map.
2: Never run out of camp stove fuel again. The 180 stove is a natural fuel stove that eliminates the need to carry heavy, bulky fuel canisters. With a generous 6-inch by 7-inch cooking surface, it folds away into a clean, compact, self-forming case that is small enough to fit inside your pocket. At only 10.4 ounces, the additional weight and space savings allows for other important items in your pack. Get more information at 180tac.com and look for it in retailers near you as well as online.
1: So you mentioned the the fascia and using a tennis ball. You said that was a great hack to try to loosen stuff up. Do you have other tips or tricks for us for fitness?
0: Let's see. So spinal stability. I tell, here's what I tell my kids in the kids' class. Move like a stick man, or at least do your strength training like a stick person. So imagine your spine, you know, I'm not a good drawer, but the circle, you know, the hangman, straight, straight back. Right. So, if you're moving, you know, your your primary drivers, your primary movers are your shoulders and your hips. And our back connects them, and it's there to stabilize. So if you think of that as like the chassis of a car, it needs to be stiff so that that power can go into the ground from your hip and drive you forward. So the harder you're able to push into the ground, the either the faster or the stronger your step is going to be. If you don't have that nice straight spine and strong hips and shoulders, I tell them this is like firing a cannon out of a canoe. You know, there's no transfer of power. It just goes blah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Right? Right. So nothing goes forward. You can't shoot a cannon out of a canoe. So spinal stability is where we start. Strong hips and shoulders. And if you look around these days, you'll find a lot of people with a forward head because we're accustomed to looking down at a screen or... You know, it can be activities of daily living. I'm looking down at children. I'm looking down at clients. I'm looking down at my iPad.
2: <laughs> I'm I just looking set up down a bit.
0: at. Uh huh. <laughs> I think a lot of people did. They just scoot back in their seat a little bit. Um, put your head back against your headrest on your car. In your car, if you're driving, balance your head over your shoulders. You can hold that device up in front of your face instead of dropping your face toward your device. So balancing your head. If your head weighs, let's say six to, you know, maybe there's some 10-pound heads out there, and every inch it comes forward, it gets exponentially heavier for your upper back. So to balance it over your shoulders gives your upper back a lot of relief and your neck as well. So putting your head back against the headrest in the car, getting up tall, balancing your upper body over your hips if you're sitting. If you're at a computer, if you can stand for a portion of the day, that's even better. They say sitting is the new smoking. Did you Mm. hear that before?
1: (laughs) No, but I, I, I understand what you're saying.
0: All right, and here's a quick little hack. If you find, oh, I do look down all the time. Try putting both hands on near the top of your breastbone and pull down a little bit. Now, to stretch the neck, look up. So you can do that without your hands and probably not feel very much. Maybe a tension in the back of your neck. But if you're pulling down on the fascia, on the breastbone, so you're tacking that down and then looking up, you're shortening the span of um, fascia that you're putting tension on. Are you doing this as we're talking?
1: Yeah, until my earphones started to fall off.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can move your hands over to the left so you're just underneath your collarbone and sort of look up and away from your hands so you're looking at an angle. And, of course, do your other side as well.
1: Oh, that feels good.
0: yeah. And some people, I know you're going to feel like you've got a leather belt attached from your chin to your chest. Do it a few times a day. It's a great way to stretch those uh, neck muscles that, you know, ev- that eventually herniate the discs in the neck by having that forward head.
1: You know, you think about the sitting position that we spend far too much time in. Every muscle that gets crunched up when you sit down leads to shortening over time so what you're saying is we got to keep those long so our body stays balanced
0: exactly so yeah if we practice um, the same positions over and over eventually our fascia and our muscles they shorten to adapt and it actually becomes more comfortable to be in those compromised positions because that's where muscles are accustomed to being so we got to get out of those positions and get them, you know, break up that habit. You know, we are ultimately a product of our habits.
1: Something that I've been trying to get into the habit of, speaking of habits, and it's been hard for me, but I do it from time to time and I love it, is I set an alarm for about 25, 30 minutes. And at when the alarm goes off after I've been working at the desk, I force myself to get up and I do some type of activity um, Maybe it's some stretching. Maybe I do a, a series of push-ups or some crunches. I, I do exercises that you taught me, Christine, and I'll do that for maybe three to five minutes is all. Mm-hmm. And then I'll sit down and work for thirty minutes, and the alarm goes off again. I jump back up. You get more done because Excellent. you stay alert, right? But think about That's the benefit right. to the body. By the end of the day, I've done a hundred and something push-ups. You know, maybe <laughs> I've done, maybe I've done a hundred crunches, and I've been stretching and and running in place, and all the different things, it really makes my day better.
0: Excellent.
1: So here's one for you. Okay. I love to throw this out there. It's a fairly new question I like to use, but I think it's a lot of fun. You know, if you have an all-expense-paid one month, do-anything-you-want adventure, then what's it going to be?
0: Well, I was thinking about this. And if I had one month, then it wouldn't mess with my sleep too much to go to New Zealand you know, as close as I've ever been to New Zealand is watching The Hobbit. And I think, oh, I just love to hike that beauty. That is so beautiful. I want to see that for real. I want to see that in person.
1: Oh, that's so great. So someday,
0: someday, that's on my bucket list.
1: Well, I tell you what let's do. Let's get together a group of the listeners and so let's all go to New Zealand. And <laughs> we'll all hike together. And you can make sure that we're doing it correctly so that no one gets hurt.
0: <laughs> okay, but we can start a little closer to home.
1: <laughs> all right.
0: I've got an assignment besides the uh, neck stretch for you and your listeners. So as long as you don't have a super fancy couch, this is a great stretch. Um, You mentioned your quads a little bit earlier. And so I wanted to, and you know, most people have, get something good out of this stretch. So if you can kneel down on your couch with your lower leg up the back of the couch. Okay. And your other foot is on the floor and then Squeeze your butt. I mean, tighten it. Don't actually reach down and squeeze it.
1: That's good to say. No, what's the point of that? <laughs> okay, so you're using the couch to hold your lower leg more vertical, so that you can get a really good stretch on your quad.
0: Exactly. Oh, that's and cool. And all you can do is think about when you squeeze the glutes, that puts your pelvis in a neutral position. So if you're going to stand up and work at your computer, give your glutes a little bit of a squeeze. Get your back in a really good position because your pelvis is in neutral. But you can do this in the, the called the couch stretch. You can do that with the couch stretch and get both of those quads, sort of that front side rubber band, starting to um, expand out of that sitting position that we do too much of.
1: Very cool. Okay, so I'm going to throw a curveball at you. you ready?
0: All right. I think so.
1: Imagine that I am someone who's been at a desk too much, and I've been listening to the Adventure Sports Podcast, and I'm falling in love with the idea of getting out and doing something, and I know that I need to do some basic level of preparation, but I only have three days until my big weekend event. What do <laughs> I do?
0: Three days. Are you in
1: shape? Been sitting too much. I need, I need to do something in three days that'll make a difference for the weekend.
0: Get great sleep. Practice deep breathing. Eat as close to nature as possible, which is fruit and vegetables, mostly vegetables, some meat or natural protein sources. And we've got to address that sitting question. Um, what I would recommend, first and foremost, is pushing yourself back away from your desk. And no matter what kind of work you're doing, if you sit at a computer or you're talking on the phone, get standing up. You don't need a fancy treadmill desk. Um, you don't need anything fancy, maybe a couple of milk crates to put your computer up so you can look at it while you're standing. But ultimately, getting out of that position where your hip flexors are short, that's the front of the hip, and then the bent knee position. You've got to get up. Start shifting your weight from foot to foot. Now, you don't have to go anywhere, but your body sort of has to get used to being in that weight-bearing position for longer and longer periods of time, you know, up to the time that you'll be on an active hike.
1: You know, we've had some through hikers recommend something similar where they just said, people don't have enough time on their feet. That's why when they go hiking, it hurts. They just need more time on their feet.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that.
1: You know, something I've found that I don't do enough of, but I have a wobble disc, you know, it's one of these little flat, spiky, airfield discs that you mm-hmm. can stand on. And the whole idea behind it is that it makes you fire all of those little muscles that stabilize your body. I'll put that wobble disc on the floor, and I'll stand up, and I'll put one foot on it. And then I'll step onto it, and then I'll step off. And then I'll step onto it, and then I'll step off. while well, I work, and then I trade feet.
0: Yeah, anything that keeps that core sort of awake is a good thing.
1: Well, when I just stand and work, it kills me. My body's just not used to that. I have to move somehow. That's why I use the wobble disc.
0: Yeah, that's good thinking.
1: Well, what about just stretching or something like that? If we started stretching for three days, is that what we need?
0: <laughs> um, not exactly. So you've got to get on your feet. Uh, you've got to you know you're stretching your hip flexors by doing that, although it's a very passive stretch, just standing, so they're at length. Um, although they may be overly tight from having been sitting prior to these three days. Um, something you can do is use um, some very simple affordable tools, either a foam roller or a tennis ball. I even have a rolling pin. Uh, it was you know three bucks at King Supers or something. So you can work on lengthening those hip flexors by putting some pressure just below the hip. And then, let's say you're on your stomach with some pressure on that spot, you're just bending your knee, so bringing your heel up towards your butt. Mm. That's a much more effective way of stretching it than just you know, grabbing your foot and standing there in a quad stretch.
1: Right. So when I go on a longer hike, I get an ice pick sensation in the middle of my right quad, and this might be something that would help with that.
0: That's definitely a red flag. You should be addressing that right away.
1: <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, any last thoughts about the weekend warrior syndrome?
0: Um, you know, besides getting your hydration prepared, getting your food, you know, getting a nutritionally sound, um, diet before you go and getting up on your feet. Um, you know, tennis ball doesn't weigh much. You can actually put that in your pack for when you need that, um, you know, quick stretch or quick release, um, another one I, I didn't mention is if you sit on a tennis ball on the side of the glutes and give a little knee bend in there, that can do a lot to open up, uh, the hips and get them ready for, you know, climbing or, or walking a long distance.
1: Right on. I'm going to put that to use for sure. I like the tennis ball idea because it's light enough to backpack with and
0: even exactly. gives you something
1: to play with in camp if you want to.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Okay, that's great advice. So we're starting the movement, we're eating properly, we're sleeping properly, and that's getting the body ready to do more than it's been doing. Christine, let's say that someone's on a hike and they start getting cramps or some sort of joint pain or something. Any recommendations for us?
0: You know, they're doing a lot of researching on um, cramps and all the things that we thought that they were about, about the muscle not getting enough water or electrolytes and all these, you know, it's not necessarily that, it it might be the nerve that's innervating this cramp response. And so, you know, some endurance athletes have sworn by pickle juice or mustard and, and there's some compound common to these things that, that makes a difference. Um, I don't know what it is personally. And so I'm waiting for the science to kind of be revealed and and be able to help people by sharing this information. But, you know, as of now, it's, it's a fairly new uh, discovery.
1: Wow, that's interesting. So it might have something to do with uh, electrolytes or something.
0: No, it's not. It's not, it's not potassium, sodium. It's not um, water intake. <laughs> it's actually the nerve response. And that's not dependent on all, you know, magnesium is not depending on all those things that we've been told since, you know, our grandmothers have been telling us.
1: So they found another piece to the puzzle. They just don't know what it is yet.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Isn't the human body amazing? After, you know, thousands of years of study, we're still learning things about what makes us tick.
0: Yes. And I think that we're having to relearn it because I think that there's an ancient knowledge and, and we kind of already have it, but our current way of life is so displaced from the original humans and what seems like second nature, you know, what to eat. We're so out of touch with what the world is, what we're really supposed to be doing that we have to go and learn it again.
2: Yeah.
1: Good point. Our modern society is not helping a lot, but you know, our podcast is all about encouraging people to get out and start moving again and to experience nature and plug back into a balanced life. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. I want to encourage our listeners that it doesn't matter how bad a shape you're in, you can come back from that and uh, do fun things that will be encouraging and build a better life for yourself. And Christine is just one of the experts that helps along the way.
0: Well, I'm sure grateful that you're doing it. It's an excellent podcast, and I'm really happy to have been a part of it.
1: Oh, it's a lot of fun. So, Christine, what inspires you? What gets you out of bed every day?
0: I love the work that I do. You know, a lot of people go to work, and they come home from work, and then they have fun. But I just love the people that I meet. There's something interesting about everyone. And then being able to help get somebody to their the best version of themselves is really I mean, I get as much out of it as they do.
1: Well, Christine, will you close this out with a funny story?
0: So my funny story is, um, you know, one day I'm getting up and I'm getting myself a cup of coffee and I pick up the veil 100 mug out of our cabinet. And my husband had done this race the, the summer before. It used to be uh, the veil 100 Ultra, which was 100 miles. Now it's 100 kilometers. Uh, He says, you know, I'm not sure you're qualified to drink out of that mug. (laughs) (sighs) Now I know what I'm going to be doing all summer
2: (laughs) training for
0: this race. So I actually, uh, I did not persevere to the race. I got a little bit tired of training. So it was in late August. So I went out with a group of friends and I rode the course All 100 miles of it in one day. And then, about two weeks later, someone dropped the cup and the mug shattered. (laughs) It was all for nothing.
1: (laughs) So now you have to do the race again to get another mug.
0: Well, they don't even do 100 miles anymore. So, you know. (laughs) It it was just the point of it. I, I am qualified. (laughs) he wasn't doing he was just teasing but that well it's a good goal
1: Oh, that's fun well christine thank you very much for your time today and thank you for sharing some tips that our listeners may put to use how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your approach to fitness and getting people off the couch and back you know being active again how can they find you
0: the easiest way is either go to uh, www.elevateconditioning.com or send me an email at cneff. That's N as in Nancy, E double F as in Frank at elevateconditioning.com. Emails are really the best because I don't have any kids in the background vying for my attention when they ca- if they call. <laughs>
1: I'll put that contact information in our show notes. And so listeners, if you forget that because you're driving down the road or something, don't have a wreck trying to write it down. Just go to the podcast.com and you'll find all that information there. So Christine, thank you again. It's been a delight to have you on the show.
0: Thanks, Curtis. We'll see you soon.
1: Okay. And to all of our listeners out there, get out there and have some fun. Hey, come be a guest on our show all you need to do is go to adventuresportspodcast.com and click the contact us button